Hi, this is the Kick Aspirational Podcast. I'm Dave Vanderveen. This is uh, season one, episode twenty-six, and this one's a little experimental. I hope you're going to give us um, give us a little space on this one. This is an interview with Mark Fitzgerald, who's a good friend of mine. He's from New Zealand, from Auckland. And when you hear a Kick Aspirational podcast, Mark is the guy that actually makes it happen. Um, Mark has had his own podcast. Uh, uh, fundamental escape he has that's also his twitter tagline and he's had me on his podcast a couple times but he was the one that was pushing me among many friends who had asked me to do a podcast he was the one that actually helped me make it happen um he helped me set up the podbean account and and uh, bush and tucker also helped me get the microphones pulled together gabe sullivan helps me get the posts up on kick aspirational but i thought it'd be fun where we wanted to try out some new technology it's an app called zencaster uh, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R, that's on, on the web. You use it via your laptop to record people who aren't sitting with you. It's a, it's a really great piece of technology. And um, so Mark and I actually played around with it, did an interview. It turned into an interview, and I think it's actually pretty good. Um, so bear with us at the beginning where I'm playing around with the drums and, and the ballpark theme music and things like that. But Mark and I get into, I think, a pretty good conversation. And one of the things I like about Mark is um, – you know, he is working through uh, his own struggles, as we all are, uh, but also making things happen in his journey. And it's, um, you know, part of the Kick Aspirational Project isn't just about people who have been be, become accomplished, but it's about all of us accomplishing. And Mark has struggled with some, um, some mental health issues. He's struggled with... Uh, weight. He's struggled with work. Um, he lives, you know, <laughs> he lives in New Zealand, which is, uh, which, which is the center of the world for New Zealanders, but a long way from where I live. And he has been a great friend to me and really helped make some things happen that, uh, that would have taken me a lot longer to do. So it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to him. It's so much fun to hear about his journey and some big decisions he's making this year. And, uh, he, he's somebody that we'll invite back as we continue this journey together. And uh, I'd encourage you to follow him on Twitter, uh, to reach out to him if you want to start your own podcast. In fact, I'll give you his, um, his contact right now. If you're thinking about doing your own podcast, reach out to, uh, it's, it's Mark Allen Fitzgerald. So it's M-A-R-K-A-L-A-N-F-I-T-Z-G-E-R-A-L-D at iCloud.com or fundamentalescape at gmail.com. But reach out to Mark if you want help with your podcast. He's very inexpensive, very reasonably priced, and very good at what he does. And uh, he's a great friend. Please listen to it. Enjoy the ride. Here we go. Now Mark Fitzgerald, everybody. Let's Mark, welcome to the Kick Aspirational Podcast. This is uh, our first test on Zencaster. Thank you for introducing me to this. Yeah, fantastic. Happy to be here, finally. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> So many, there's so many new tools that Doing I'm excited about. Days. Yeah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I just need like pew pew. All I have is drums and like a ballpark. It's pretty good though. So, Mark, you're in, you're in Australia. I'm sorry, you're in Australia. No, no, I'm in uh, New Zealand. Australia is a small island off the coast of New Zealand. <laughs> Wait, I thought. I thought New Zealand was a small state of Australia. Actually, I totally stole that joke. But anyway, um, no, no, anyway. not at all. No. Hey, Any so, more um, uh, Kiwi-based no. inbox before we keep going? Or no, no, that's. I'm just trying to be funny. Not, not <laughs> failing, failing, failing for the uh, trying. Yeah, trying being the operative word. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, how how are your holidays? 
Uh, well, kind of non-existent to be quite frank. Um, what? Well, I kind of worked. I mean, I Christmas was just like my normal day off anyway, so it was just a normal day. I'm actually okay. taking some time off next month, so it's fine. Christmas goes through January sixth, just so we're all aware. Okay, so it's still Christmas. It. Still Christmas, man. Oh, the great. Church, the, the church calendar. <laughs> so I can still feel lonely and depressed for another week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we can have Christmas right now. That's the beauty of it, you know. Oh yay! Yeah. So you worked. You worked your way through Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, just, just uh, plodded on through. Okay. And what are you doing next month? Um, I'm not too sure. I may or may not go down to Wellington for a few days to catch up with some family, okay. but uh, we'll see. So, um, what's your, what's your favorite part about Wellington? <clears throat> well, I was born there. That's pretty exciting. That's a highlight. Um, yeah, my family's all down there, so uh, it's Windy Wellington, they call it. Oh, wow. I've been, it's there. Windy. I've been there a few times. Yeah, it's quite windy. Well, it's in the middle of two islands. Yes, yeah, it is. The north and the south island, right? South end of the North Island. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, so what are you thinking about? What are you, what are you reading right now? What are you into? What am I reading? Um, well, I, as I've mentioned to you, I think, a couple of times, I'm kind of priming myself up for next year, which is in a few days. Um, starting on a big health buzz, going to be, uh, well, I'm moving to a new place in a couple of days. And yeah, just kind of going to go all out, um, just focus on the, the mind, body, soul for, um, for a whole year is the plan. And um, so I've been... Reading, uh, what have I been reading? Not so much reading, more podcasts lately. I've been listening to a bit of uh, Tony Robbins, always like that guy. Oh, wow, yeah, I love love that guy. What's what's Tony up to right now? Tony, um, well, yeah, well, I've just been listening to a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube. Just, um, his, um, what's it called? The series he does, Ultimate Edge, he does a whole series called Ultimate Edge. Which is um, ultimate, really cool, really ultimate, inspiring. Um, the ultimate, the ultimate itch. Itch, itch, yeah, itch. The ultimate itch. Um, itch, itch. Yeah, no, no, it's real positive. I've been, uh, yeah, going out, going out, doing some walks at night and listening to that and uh, getting, cool. getting in the zone, you know. So. And you're you're uh, you're staying in Auckland, or are you moving someplace else? Uh, oh, just yeah, no, staying local, just just moving not too far away. So. Um, there you go. Yeah. And uh, what else is happening? What do you, I mean, historically, you've been quite involved in a lot of political discussions, but you <laughs> seem to have trended yeah. away from that recently. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was quite, quite pleased to, to, to let you know that the other day. I, yeah, I think I, there's been a bit of an evolution going on. I think, um, maybe, yeah, maybe this needs some context to make sense to listeners, but, um, yeah, I guess for the last couple of years, I I was never really political at all until the Trump phenomenon, which was just quite intriguing. I I always like to to kind of be aware of what's going on socially and and things like that. But yeah, I spent a good couple of years kind of diving pretty deep, uh, you know, and uh, sort of keeping in touch with with different trends and cultural things happening, which is always interesting. But then, yeah, it just sort of got a bit bit, uh, bit too much and sort of got to the point where I was like, what is the point in all this? Like, I'm kind of losing myself here a little bit. So, 
Um, but I mean, in saying that, I think it's still healthy to be aware of what's happening. But um, at the yeah. same time, you know, you got to. Yeah, I mean, I think you can just sort of follow the mob and just kind of end up going, "Whoa, who am I? What am I? What am I doing?" You know. So you know, there's a, there's another friend of mine, um, Cole Luck, who's a great guy. I went to college with him, who's always been, uh, I would say, a free thinker and you know, likes to kind of, you know, I don't know how to say it. I don't want to say a fire starter or like bomb thrower, but, you know, he loved to be kind of an instigator. Hmm. And I think he just told me recently that he's just, he can't do any more social media because, (laughs) well, because I think he got in like a, a mode of reacting or getting people to react, Hmm. which just becomes battle after battle. And, Ultimately, I, you know, I think he was just like, where's this taking me? It's just, you know, it yeah. becomes like a, a negative spiral. And mm. um, I think controversy can be a great thing in social yeah. media if you're using it to get people to have honest conversations. But I think yeah. if it's just reaction after reaction, you know, I think a really good set of questions is like, why are we doing this? I mean, who are we talking to? Are we just talking to ourselves? Yeah. Or are we actually trying to? you know, move, move the needle for, you know, move, move things forward. Yeah. Well, I think it was, I mean, it was probably a couple of years ago now. I mean, when you and I first connected, I was, I was, you know, pretty, pretty, um, adamantly following, um, you know, Milo, the guy Milo Yiannopoulos and, um, and Milo's famous for what? He's, he's, I mean, I'm, I'm just asking because I think that maybe not everybody knows who he is. Oh, I'm pretty sure most people would know his name. It's for some, for some reason or another. Um, He's currently at the point where, I mean, well, he's just come out and openly admitted that he's about $2 million in debt now because he's just completely collapsed his whole platform and um, nobody wants to work with him. But um, oh, this is more more complicated than that. But, um, yeah, he was a sort of a journalist figure from originally from the UK and he ended up moving to America. Um, he it was a self-described gay Catholic um, you know, oh, what's he called? Gay, Catholic, and conservative, and so he sort of had this branding that was, um, you know, sort of played into the whole identity politics conversation. Identity, you know, um, you know, sort of was like, yeah. I mean, he referred to himself as a as a virtuous troll, and he sort of went on a tour and sort of highlighted aspects of free speech and things like that, which I, I do think, and I know you're, you know, we've talked about free speech and I know that you, you're big on that concept as well. But um, for me, it was, I mean, you mentioned the word controversy and I think, I mean, controversy is, you know, it can be enticing, but at the same time, my, I, I, I mean, at least I feel like I, I don't necessarily just get drawn to things just for the controversy. Like I do sort of, I have, you know, use a religious language but I do tend to have, feel like I have a sort of prophetic nature where I kind of want to see the bigger picture I'm like what's going on here like I'm always asking those kind of big picture sort of questions of like what does this mean for you know where we are in history and things like that and I'm sort of trying to piece things together and look ahead and and I do with with him coming on the scene a couple of years ago I definitely was like this is significant like you know, I, you know, I got to speak with him before he kind of blew up and everything like that. And, you know, I was just like, what is going on? And I was, you know, had this sort of interesting conversation where I was sort of probing him with these questions of like trying to figure it out. But I, I don't think he even understood it completely at the time. And, you know, he, you know, got real big and he, you know, he ended up 
and you know sort of the fame of, of everything sort of got to his head a little bit i think he admitted that but um so, so he got famous for kind of stirring up the pot is that right yeah yeah absolutely i mean he just yeah, just absolutely. You know, he he used language like you know talked about being a being a flamethrower and sort of busting open the gates, and he really did, and especially in the conservative, you know, sort of realm. And it's quite interesting to see a couple of years down the track because he really did open the the way for a lot of what is still continuing now. But um, I suppose whether you know liberal. Also, or how, how, did, how did explain that? How did he open the way? Um. Oh, I guess. Oh yeah, I suppose I'm talking about things that I kind of take for granted. Um, <laughs> sort of hard to know where to where to paint the paint the yeah. paint the pictures, paint by numbers. Um, oh well, there, there's just a few movement. Like there's a movement that's sort of emerged in the last year, I guess. Called um, it's like a hashtag walk away. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Um, there's a guy named Brendan Strucker, I think his name is. And he's he's another guy who happens to be gay as well, <laughs> same as Milo. But I don't know what the coincidence, what the correlation is there. But um, the, he was a guy who um, basically, you know, was a Hillary supporter, cried when she lost the election, and, and and things like that, and then had a kind of a, or they call it a red pill moment where he was like, "Well, what's going on?" And then he started, you know, sort of asking some questions, and he's. I guess you could say kind of become conservative and, and um, so he started this movement and, and um, seems to be getting some traction and how has he become conservative? What is he, what is he, uh, um, the, like, <laughs> yeah, how does one become conservative? Yeah. That's a good question. No, I'm just, I'm just kind of a curious question. Like, I mean, so I guess we're getting into politics. I mean, we've got a two party system. Yeah, it's, we are. It's very, it's very, very binary. And, um, I guess my question is, is a deep really... theological conversation too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can steer is, it later on. It's fine. Is there really a difference? I mean, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know, sorry, carry on. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, so I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. There's these conversion stories are always kind of uninspiring front to me when it's a binary choice. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, pill, I used to take the blue pill. Now I take the red pill. It's a lot better. And it's, it's like well, yeah, no, I completely agree. And I was literally just thinking about this—the whole binary concept. To just tonight, when I was at work um, a couple of hours ago, I was literally just thinking that I was like, you know, because I know, you know, again, we can steer towards faith, but you know, they, they talk about the, the concept of the third way. You know, like I, I, it is total crap when you think, you know, if, if you think there's only one one of two choices, you know, like it, it's it's. It's ridiculous, and I think my my journey. I mean, I, I could use tons of examples, I guess, throughout my life. But my, my <laughs> the trajectory of my life tends to be um, going, you know, one way, you know, going extreme on one end, and then kind of going, oh wait a minute, that's too far, and then kind of pulling back, and and sort of finding the tension. It, it, you know, I, I I tend to learn all my lessons the hard way, so I always go too far with things, and then inevitably kind of pull back <laughs> seems to be the pattern um well and, and here's a question so kick aspirational podcast mark you helped me set this up you've been a uh, you know you're the man behind the scenes in helping us get this going and and helping me understand how to podcast and i you're you know you and bushin and rob bell and some other people have and you know pete holmes have mm. kind of shown me the way in podcasting to a degree and and uh I'm still a, kind of a newbie to the whole thing, but yeah, you know, the kick aspirational podcast is about helping people break through barriers. And I think one of the barriers is just being aware 
of a construct, right? Just saying, well, wait yeah. a minute. Everyone's trying to sell me on two choices. Yeah. Are there really only two choices or maybe are there other choices I could make? You know, mm. maybe, maybe part of breaking through a barrier is just realizing there's more options, right? Yeah. And you've, I mean, so like I'm reading uh, Peter Thiel's book right now. I'm almost done with it, but uh, Zero to One, which is all about creating something new mm. rather than just trying to scale the existing system or participate in you know, the existing system. He says, you know, in order to be a contrarian, you have to believe that there's secrets that people haven't discovered yet. Otherwise, mm. there's no reason to yeah. be a contrarian, right? Um, and I've always been a contrarian. I've always felt like disruption is important because disruption is mm. where you find innovation. Disruption is where you find the secrets or the the big ideas that other people haven't discovered yet. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering if when we get into these binary, this is why I don't like binary questions. Cause I just, I mean, I get it true, false, but <laughs> the third way is really where the money is typically. Cause everyone yeah. else is playing the true false game. And to me that gets boring. Like that's kind of seems like a waste of time. Mm. Yeah. So do, you, do you think there no, are people who are breaking out of that? Or do you think they're just, like when somebody goes, oh, I was red, but now I'm blue. To me, that's just, you know, okay, well, you're not really selling yeah. anything. Well, it's, it reminds me, um, you know, I drop a few names here, but, um, you know, Peter Peter Rollins articulates it quite well where right. he talks about um, how often like a fundamental Christian, you know, can wind up being, say, an atheist, for example, but then they still have exactly the same fundamental sort of infrastructure to their belief system. Right. And the way they hold their beliefs, you know, he's like, all, all that's changed is the content. Right, right, exactly. All, the, all they've done is swapped out the God. Yeah, whether exactly. Whether the God yeah. is nothing or the God is man behind the curtain. I mean, it's basically yeah. the same Yeah, so nothing, there's no real substantive change, you know. Right. They're still the same fundamentalist. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. And I think, you know, to speak to your point, I, I'm absolutely on the same page when you talk about, you know, sort of getting bored with binary thinking and everything, I'm, I feel exactly the same way. But I think the truth is most people, you know, that's where we live. You know, we, we, we it's a safe place to kind of just see the world through that binary. You know, it's, it's when you kind of get, you know, I, I can speak from my own life experience. I'm sure you've got stories as well, but, you know, to be a contrarian, to be someone that pushes the boundaries and asks questions that most people don't ask, it's painful. It's like, well, it can be yeah, really I mean, painful. <laughs> well, no, and getting and getting back to Peter Thiel, he says, look, you know, one of the problems of being a contrarian is you're going to probably be alone a lot because you're asking questions and exploring areas where you're not finding mm. the audiences, right? It's, it's easy to find the audiences between, for example, Republicans and Democrats because that's where everybody tends to vote. So yeah. to go from red, red to blue or blue to red, okay, fine, uh, you know, you swapped one audience for another audience and now you're popular because, you know, you're just showing all the people in one choir that the other choir is bad. You, you know, I mean, it's just, mm. it's, it's a little bit absurd, frankly, but I think the, what he says is, you know, it's one thing to believe that the reason you want to be an explorer is because you think you're going to find some truth or value, you know, in this area you're exploring. He said, mm. it's one thing to be alone, but believe in the truth and be seeking it. He says, the worst thing is to be alone and to fail. And, um, you know, I think it's something my, I was just talking with my father. Was it my father-in-law? No, I was talking with, um, I'm sorry. I was talking with my father, father-in-law today and another friend of ours. Um, 
Aaron Lewis, who I want to get on this podcast, who's um, vice president at Ariane Space, big French space company, but he's worked for members of Congress. He's done a lot of really interesting things in his life. Went to uh, uh, St. John's, a great book school in, in the mm-hmm. United States. But he was talking to um, an investor who said, you know, one of the important things in investing is you have to keep putting your chips back on the table. You can't just win and then take your chips off. And he said, the important thing to remember is you have to be comfortable with losing it. You have to be comfortable with being poor. And if you're not comfortable with being poor, you're never going to hit a home run. And I think Peter Thiel saying the same thing where he was saying, basically, look, you know, if you're going to be a contrarian, you just have to get comfortable with the idea that a lot of people are going to think you're crazy or a lot of people aren't going to understand what you're searching for. And it's one thing to be searching for it and then having this huge discovery and have everyone laud you. But he said, more importantly, you have to get comfortable with the idea that maybe you'll be out searching for this thing on your own. Everyone's going to think you cra- you're crazy and you won't <laughs> find it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, I can. Yeah, that, that makes total sense to me. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so tell us about you a little bit. So one of the things I love about you is um, you've had your own podcast. You listen to a lot of podcasts. You live in Auckland. What do you what do you do for work, Mark? Um. Oh, yeah. Just uh, well, I've been doing different sales type jobs for probably the last ten years, I would say. So at the moment, I'll just yeah, just work for a um. It's actually an Australian company. Funny enough, they just um hire New Zealanders because we're cheaper, apparently. Um, just a call center type sort of work. Uh, just for a, like an internet provider doing sales and customer service and things like that. So. That's my that's my day job at the moment. Um, not my dream job, but it pays pays the bills, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. And what do you love doing? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. Like what we're doing now, like podcasting. You know, like you mentioned, I did, did host a podcast for probably a good year and a half. Uh, it's called the Fundamental Escape Podcast, and um, yeah, it, I mean, looking back, it's probably something I will do again at some point in the future. Um, I really did love it. Like, I've I've always had sort of friends here and there say, oh, you should, like, get into something like radio or do something, you know. Like, I mean, I've always been known as a talker. I, I talk out my thoughts and feelings, like, nonstop. That's <laughs> just who I am. I'm kind of comfortable with it at this point. I've stopped resisting, you know. Um but yeah, no, I just enjoy. It. I you know I got to speak to some you know really amazing people and um, just the conversations were you know I felt were really transformative for me personally. Like my side of it's selfish, but like I kind of looking back, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure this helped you know people here and there. But for me personally, I was just like, it was a real a real gift. You know, um, I got to speak to some authors and people that I really respect and and got to pick their brains and and. Um, sort of learn from people's experiences in their life, just hear stories, which was, it's always interesting to, to hear who people come from and to listen. And um, who'd you get to talk to? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I got to talk to some really cool people. Obviously, uh, Rob, uh, you know, Rob Bell, as you mentioned, I got to talk to him. He was, uh, that was pretty cool. I think you actually, you actually hooked that up through Twitter, I think, which was quite cool. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah no, Rob. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, like, I mean, that was a real, um, my conversation, to be honest, I think my conversation was, if I go back, it's a bit painful to listen to, quite honestly, because when you have that first interaction with someone, it's always like, you kind of, you know, I was, I was sort of, um, 
chomping at the bit to say like 10 things at once and it was like oh crap but at the end of the day it was you know it was a really personally encouraging um interaction and um you know just to put some context i, I um you know it was something i talked with him about was you know my background as as you know i used to be a one of them street evangelist uh, crazy people that used to go out oh, it's been about five years um in my yeah early twenties, I think it would have been yeah. Um, just yeah, you I used to go out and give out gospel. Stand on the street and tell people they're going to hell. Yeah, I did. I really did. <laughs> I literally did that, and and I did it because I thought I was being kind and compassionate at the time. And and it's, I mean, it yeah. Looking back, like it's just part of my story. It's part of who I am, and I don't regret it. You know, I definitely don't regret it at all. It, it was a huge part of shaping, you know, shaping where I am now, and um. So that you know that was just just to quickly say like um you know that was one thing I was grateful for because um you know obviously um you know when Rob's book Love Wins came out in two thousand eleven um that was you know I was just just sort of meditating on that today actually I was thinking it was such a um a, a pressure like what, what like I was thinking was like it released a valve for me like just let off so much pressure. Because I had for years, I had this kind of this again going to the, the whole binary kind of thing was like it's heaven or hell. Oh my gosh! Like all these people are going to burn, and just I I really felt that weight in that in that belief. I wasn't just like saying I intellectually you know kind of ascended to it. it was like I actually kind of felt that. And to to read that book back in two thousand eleven was just like such a such a weight off my off my soul. I did not sound too dramatic, but it was just like. You know, and I said, I said to Rob, I said, you know, when I read your book, I said, I didn't think, oh, this is something new. I, I, I said to him, the feeling I had was, oh my goodness, am I? I'm not the only one who feels like this, you know. And it just was like just that kind of solidarity, just going, oh my gosh, like maybe there's a better story going on here. <laughs> so that was that was really really amazing. Um, uh, who else did I talk to? I talked to uh, Paul Young, who's the author of the book The Shack. Um, that guy is incredible. If you ever get to talk to him, <laughs> by the way, he's got stories. He could sit there for a week and tell you stories of like feedback he's had from that book and like just things that have happened. And oh, it's crazy. That was, that was pretty amazing. Actually, that was my highest um, listened to episode because he was gracious enough to actually post it on his website and it got like 30, it was like 33,000 hits. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So that was like, that went crazy that one. Cause, um, yeah, because he was yeah, he was good enough to do that. Um, Brian McLaren, he was another one. I actually met him here in New Zealand. He was over here. Oh wow! Yeah, he. I mean, he was another person. His books were really formative for me. Um, really. Um, I I feel a lot of kinship with him. I email. I actually just got an email from him yesterday. Um, I keep in touch with him every now and then. Um, yeah, I could. I think I feel like we're sort of similar souls. Him and I like just real sort of um. He's he's definitely got that evangelistic heart um, that I resonate with a lot. Um, Brian McLaren, he, he wrote Wild at Heart, right? No, 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 that's no, no. If that's uh, Eldridge, no, that was someone else. Oh, no, sorry, what, um, shocking. Get your books right, Andy. <laughs> I, I had lunch with Brian McLaren with Rob. I just oh I yeah, yeah. No, Rob, his yeah. one of his early books was called Generous Orthodoxy. Um, okay. And that was the one, I think that was the first one I read. And there was a line in the book, and it was funny, I actually quoted it back to him. He says, um, there's this line in the opening, and he says, um, maybe you've been told that there's no room for you in the Christian faith. And he goes, but I'm here to tell you that there is. And then he sort of goes, 
but maybe I'm naive, you know, like he has this real sort of vulnerability in his writing, which I really appreciate. Um, just real, yeah, just real grounded in humanity, just like real honest, you know, so, but there's a few others, um, but um, yeah, but like I say, it was just, um, the podcast was funny the way it started, because I literally was like, oh, I'm going to start a podcast, how do you do that? And I just kind of Googled it, like, this is kind of my approach to life, it's just like, you know, very impulsive, <laughs> it's just like, just trying to, and I think that's the entrepreneurial kind of spirit, and I think I, you know, like, you, you, you've got that you know, definitely got that in your DNA as well, that entrepreneurship, obviously. <laughs> but um, you just, it's that thing. And I think it comes hand in hand with that whole idea of being contrarian as well, because you're not you're not satisfied with the binary of just this way or that way. You're just like, hey, why can't we, you're always pushing against it saying, hey, why can't we try something new? Like why, you know, it's that Braveheart line where he says, why is that impossible? You know, <laughs> it's like, why why can't we do this? Why, why, why do we have to be stuck here, you know? What was the um, what was the thing that uh, I mean when you're when you're telling people on the street that they're gonna you know go to hell they're you're basically in a binary situation yeah um, what was it that allowed you to I guess you know basically shift out of that what was the breakthrough oh. there <laughs> what was the break what what was the breakthrough? How did you oh, break through that? Well, <laughs> so I was just honing in on the word break. It wasn't so much a, a break uh, through. It was more a breakdown, to be quite honest with you. Um, okay. Like it literally, yeah. And I, I don't, I mean, yeah, like I don't mind discussing. I, I'm an open book. I, I don't mind talking about anything really. But um, yeah, it was like 2008. I literally had like a psychological breakdown. <laughs> it was, um, I, it was called a hypermanic episode. So basically I didn't, sleep for three days i just went like manic and started like hadn't i had a few like hallucinations and things like that and ended up being hospitalized for about a month <laughs> so i literally crashed um yeah and um it, i mean looking back I, I can honestly say i'm grateful for it because you know as, as painful it was as it was to to go through that and to get back on my feet again and you know i've, I've had issues since you know occasionally um but yeah, like it, it literally, yeah. Um, it was actually something I discussed with um, Brian McLaren. I said, it's, it's the way I describe it. It's like the, the, you know, the, the, the foundation that you built with your, you know, built your life with just crumbles, you know, every, everything that you stood, stood on firmly, you know, I was a very black and white person. I was like, you know, it is heaven or hell. There's no other, you know, option. And, and, um, I, I honestly, if that didn't happen, I, I don't see how else things would have changed. Like, I I think I honestly would have still been that, that person. Like, um, it, that's crazy to think about. But um, I think, um, as, you know, I think it's in um, his Drops Like Stars, you know, Rob Bell says, you know, has that line where he says, you know, pain has a way of making us more honest. And um, I think that's definitely true. <laughs> um, it sort of humbles you and... and um, breaks you down <laughs> so that was a big that was a big breakthrough through for you and getting to a point yeah. where you can kind of see the world more broadly i guess is a maybe another way to, to say it um so you you're, you're working on a lot of change this year you're um you're you've been out of shape and you're trying to get into better yeah. shape <laughs> yeah um, well it's been literally the biggest hurdle of my life um it was about three or four years ago. Um, I actually did lose a really significant amount of weight in a very short space of time. Um, I, I was actually listening to a whole bunch of Tony Robbins at the time. I ordered his, his uh, like his um, 
CDs and got them all delivered and I was like diving in. I I was like, you know, just just head first, just was like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna get it done. And um again that that was another kind of mini sort of mental crash that I had because I just was trying to go do too much too soon and, and um it wasn't really sustainable. I guess I wasn't pacing myself. Um and so but I but again looking back I was like, well I know I've done it once, I can do it again, you know. So I, I do get very focused on things. I think the key for me is just to make sure I'm getting focused on the right things um, and just, just doing it. So yeah, I've set myself a goal for one year. I just like, I just had this thought. It literally just sparked from a thought a few, a few weeks ago. I was just like, what could I do in a year? Like, what could I achieve in one year? If I, if I just like set, set a whole year aside to, to get focused, I was like, what, what could I actually do? So I'm going to, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I've, yeah, I'm definitely making some positive changes, cutting out, cutting out some lots of sugar out of my diet and just um, making steps in the, in that direction and getting some exercise underway and just doing it. I mean, there's no, there's no shortcut. There's no, <laughs> there's really no way around it other than just walking through it. So, so what's, what's your daily plan going to be? Um, yeah, well, I, um, yeah, just, uh, I'm, well, there's like a local gym and swimming pool that I'm connected up to. That's, that's just, um, close to where I live. So, um, yeah, doing that at least like two or three times a week would be ideal. Uh, like before work, um, just going and doing, doing some cardio, some swimming. Um, and then just, yeah, like I say, just getting the eating. I've got a, got one of those apps that I've been using. Um, actually it's called Noom, N-O-O-M, if anyone wants to check it out. Um, N-O-O-M? You know, yeah, Noom. <laughs> it's um, you can pay to use. I almost paid for a like a plan to use it. Like it's quite expensive if you use the. Uh, they have like coaches and stuff that um, connect with you through the app and stuff. So it's really well made. I looked into. I did a bit of research on it. Some. Um, it looks like it's really well put together. Um, they sort of um, basically you answer a whole bunch of questions when you jump onto the app, and it sort of does a like a sort of a outline of your personality and what drives you and, and what your goals are and things like that. So that's been really cool. So I've been using that for probably about a month now. You see, you just plug in all your, all your um, eating, everything you eat, you just put it in there and it kind of just um, keeps you, keeps you accountable. So that's, that's been helpful. So it's just, I guess there's no, like I haven't got like an airtight plan as yet. I guess I'm just sort of making steps one by one and just like, yeah, this would be a good thing to do. And I'll just incorporate that. And, just yeah, like it was actually something I downloaded a um a summary version of that book you mentioned, that Peter Thiel one, and there was a line in the book where it says, um, a bad plan is better than no plan. <laughs> so I was like, I like that. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. just try something, you know, just see what works and, and do something because well, No, you see this in big companies a lot where people spend all this time on strategy thinking that strategy is what's gonna make the difference when in fact, mm. you know, an average strategy well executed is much better than a great strategy poorly executed. And frankly, even a poor strategy, if you execute it really well, can still give you a better result than a great strategy that's poorly executed. There's nothing, nothing that replaces great execution. Yeah. Good, good strategy definitely helps. You want to have the best strategy you can, but at the end of the day, if your strategy, if, if, if you can't execute something, it doesn't matter how good the strategy is. Yeah. 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 Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a, that's probably the biggest, uh, biggest project of my life that's in front of me, I guess. Um, awesome. 
Well, if you can, you know, one of the things I like to recommend is get a coach, get a trainer, you know, it yeah. doesn't have to be expensive, but just find somebody that you have to be accountable to. I was going to ask this guy on Vandy's, but um, he, he doesn't live in the same country, so it might not work out. <laughs> you can always reach out to me. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. You know, even I have, I have a trainer because I will only do so much. I need somebody to push me to do more than I would mm. normally. And also just to help me, you know, help me. We all lie, right? We all lie to ourselves. Yeah. We lie to each other. It's great to have somebody that'll keep you honest. Um, that's oh, why I yeah. think it, yeah. you know, all that stuff matters. But um, I'm proud of you for for uh, for going after this. I know you're going to accomplish it because I know you see things through. Mm. And um, and I think the great thing about accomplishing a task that helped that forced you to break through a barrier, rather than just you know, like Jim Collins says, you know, rather than just say I'm going to lose some weight, which means you'll read the ingredients on the Cracker Jack box before you eat it. Um, versus saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go win, win the Ironman. If a big, hairy, yeah. audacious goal forces you to actually change your behavior. Yeah. And I applaud well, that. I think that's going to be great, Mark. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I mean, the the whole fitness side of it is definitely one part of it. But, you know, I, I do want to see things holistically. And, and my focus is, you know, like they say, like mind, mind body, spirit. Like I, I know, especially even, you know, having, being someone who's vulnerable to mental health issues, I know that you know, getting in shape and, and eating right and, and, you know, even sleep, you know, just basic things. Like I know it's going to make a difference. And I, right. I can honestly say it's, it's kind of funny. Like for the first time I, in my life, I can honestly say, I, I feel like I deserve it. I deserve to be healthy. And I've never been able to say that, which is, you know, quite interesting. I, I was just like, you know, there's been other times where you sort of come from the, that especially being a fun, you know, ex-fundamentalist, I suppose you could say, uh, it's it's always um, so easy to go to that guilt place to get try and find motivation. Like, oh, I, you know, like you're punishing yourself. Like, I deserve, you know, I deserve to suffer and it's going to be hard, but, you know, I need it and blah, blah, blah. And, but I'm just like, no, this is like, you know, I'm not I'm not naive. Like, there's definitely going to be days that are going to be really hard. Um, but it's, you know, it's like that whole kind of thing. It's like I get to do this. I get to I get to look after myself. It's a, It's a positive thing, you know. So I'm really excited. So good. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's a huge shift, and it's going to be a great change. And I think when you when you start to see that you can change your body and you can change your, you know, the energy levels you feel and all mm. those sorts of things, you start to believe you can change a lot of other things in your life too. And that's yeah, uh, that's oh, a great start. And absolutely. you're obviously you're 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 capable of uh, of a lot. And, yes. And I can't wait to see. Well, what Mark Fitzgerald becomes. <laughs> I don't know if this will come out sounding as profound as I thought it was when I first had this revelation, but I was thinking about, because change has been always a theme that's been real strong in my mind for pretty much all my life. I've always, you know, I've always been inspired by stories of change and people transforming their lives and things like that. And I was thinking the most miserable place to be in your life is when you give up because I think there's something in our DNA. It's like, you know, we're made to better ourselves. We're made to, to grow and to, to learn and to take on new information. And I think when we don't, when we just stop doing that, it's like we're miserable because we fundamentally know in the core of our being that we're made for more than this, you know, I'm made for more than just existing and just, just living each day. Like that's, that's not what this is about. 
Right. How do you become the person you were meant to be? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, even if you take, you know, faith or whatever happens on the other side of life out of the equation, it's like we all just get one shot around this planet. And it's like, I want it to be an adventure. I want it to be, you know, I want to, at the end of the day, I want a story worth telling. That's, that's how I feel, honestly. Like, um, and I think, it, it, and it's been really hard, especially coming out of that real sort of fundamental black and white religious kind of framework I did. Um, it, it And it was something I actually spoke with um, Paul Young about, you know, the guy who wrote The Shack. He's really, he, he's a guy who's got a lot of em- empathy and he's heard right. some pretty horrific stories, you know. Um, his books really helped people get through a lot of really painful stuff. And, um, you know, I was just sort of saying to him how, when you grow up in that kind of, oh, it's all about Jesus, it's all about God and faith and everything. Oh, one second, sorry. I'll just, yeah. I'll just knock the window here. That's all right. I'm back. <laughs> I think I was just talking a bit loud there. That's all right. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I have to edit that out. That's fine. <laughs> no, don't edit that out. I think that's great. Somebody uh, told you you're too enthusiastic about your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no editing of real life. That's fine. Um, no, no, I guess the point I was trying to get to was just that, um, you know, getting to a place of actually seeing your own life and existence is important can be a real journey for a lot of people. (laughs) Right. Because you sort of, it's almost this false humility where you're really just neglecting yourself. (laughs) And it's like, yeah. And, you know, cause he, he speaks a lot about, um, you know, he's like, you know, cause when, when that book, the shack came out, obviously there was a lot of fundamentalists who were all up in arms about different reasons, you know, different things in the book, about God being a black woman, (laughs) stuff like that. But he's like, don't, he's like, don't disparage these, you know, these people, these fundamentalists. He's like, they're my people, you know, he's like, he's got a real heart for them. And I feel the same way, you know, because of where I've come from, you know, I'm just like, you know, but for the grace of God, there go I kind of thing. Well, and if you really believe that you're finding truth and maybe they're not seeing it, um, or at least you're wrestling with it and discovering things that they haven't seen yet, rather than argue or fight or dismiss them, I think the real question is, hey, if this is really truth, and we really love them. Shouldn't we be trying to figure out how to bring them along? Yeah. And I think um, I think that patience is is the difference between me making an idol out of something that I may have created versus me figuring out, hey, this is something I'm very lucky to be participating in, and not everybody's going to see it. And if I really believe that this is a truth that's you know separate from me that I didn't create that I'm not trying to sell, mm. then People disagreeing shouldn't shouldn't upset me. It should just give me more reason to to listen, to build common ground, and to try and bring people along with me. Because hopefully, hopefully that's really what, what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so question: Going from fundamentalist street preacher with uh, all the answers, probably an answer. <laughs> oh, I had all the answers. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, we, we we just had to ask you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why is nobody asking me? Um. So. What do you believe now? What's uh, after, you know, what's, what's behind all this 
the universe, the creation, the, you know, the Big Bang. Is there anything out there? What happens when we die? What's, 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 <laughs> well, tell you still look like you'd have all the answers here. Um, no, I'm just saying, what do you believe today? I, that's a huge question. Um, and I'm so much more hesitant to even begin to answer it than I ever have been in my life. I think life is an unfolding journey of learning and just figuring out how little we actually know, <laughs> I think. Um, I mean, I did, yeah, like I say, when you grow it, it's it's hard. I mean, I suppose with the whole big God question, like for me, it's it's an interesting thing because I believe in God because it's what I know how to do <laughs> in many ways. I'm just like, I don't know how not to do that. And it's just like, but but then even, I mean, I've gone down different paths of like, Oh. What does God mean to you today? Oh man. <laughs> um, hmm. It's interesting. It it it's like the word yeah, even just the word God, it's quite funny. It's like it definitely doesn't like Again, I, I am a real feelings person, and like at the moment, I have to say, like I don't, I don't feel God nowadays the way that I would say that I used to, and I'm, you know, like, and and that's interesting to me. But it's like almost like the operating system behind it all. Like I, I kind of feel like, yeah, like I have this one life on this planet, and I don't see, you know. I don't definitely don't see a God who's like up there pulling strings and like, who has a like set plan that we, you know, Oh no, I made a wrong turn three years ago. So now the whole plan's ruined and like, I'm just lost in some wilderness or, you know, kind of thing. I know there's people that do see the world like that. Um, I think, um, I know there's that, I think it's like a rabbinic saying, it says, you know, to the God who wastes nothing, you know, the idea that, that God can take back, you know, all the broken pieces of our life and actually make something good if we allow, you know, space for that. Sure. And I think, yeah, like for me, I can think of a thousand reasons why I'm not, you know, like as successful as I wish I was, or it's because I, you know, grew up without my dad around or this or that, like you can come up with all these reasons, but at the end of the day, and again, I suppose it's a big Tony Robbins kind of idea as well, of like just taking responsibility and just being like, just, you know, pull yourself up and learn and resource yourself to, to, you know, and I think that's what I've tried to do in many ways, like, especially even with the podcast, like, you know, trying to, I suppose, subconsciously, like filling in a lot of gaps that, you know, of things I need to learn from other people, like, you know, because you can do that, like, you can make the best of it you're not, I guess you're not stuck, you know, there's always, um, there's always, you know, there's always resources you can go and find or learn from other people or, you know, so I think, yeah, it's, we're a community at the end of the day, like we all need each other, I think. <laughs> and, um, I think God is in everything. It's not just one thing. Like it's, you know, as they say in the Count of Monte Cristo says, you know, God is in everything, even in a kiss, you know, like it's this beautiful, like just everything, like 
it's it all it's all part of this yeah it's not just one one thing i think um the essence of this creator should be in everything maybe yeah that's it well i think i mean you know i think if someone says it better than me i'll just quote them but i think it's in velvet elvis and rob bell says if you think you've got god to find the nice neat lines you're no longer dealing with god yeah <laughs> it's something you created rather than this great mystery yeah, you created. yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so awesome man it's well mark um no, go ahead. Do you have, did you have a final No, no, word? I was just going to say, it's just all learning. It's just an adventure. But um, um, if we're going to wrap, wrap up, which we probably should, I guess, um, yeah, I just want to say on a personal note, just being part of the, the Kick Aspirational podcast has been amazing, and I'm so happy to be someone who can help, you know, get get it out there. And, and I think what you're doing, you know, like I said, it, for me, it's been personally just, you know, when you say things like you do, you know, casually just – I know you've said different things that have really struck me um, in our friendship, but you know, when you talk about how each person is extraordinary in their own way, like you don't say things like that. It's sort of like a cliche thing. Like I, I feel it when you say that I'm like, Oh, he actually means that, <laughs> you know? And I just appreciate yeah. that so much. And um, that's why, you know, that's one of the biggest reasons I'm just like, I want, I want more people to hear this because I'm just like, we do live in some pretty turbulent times at the moment. And, I'm just like, man, we need some we need some light in the in amongst the darkness. So I'm happy, happy to be be on the team, you know? We're all pilgrims on a journey together. And I know that's cliche, <laughs> but uh you've been a bit, huge help in uh helping to get this out. And um and every time we produce this, you're the one that posts it. And I am very lucky to have my own uh my own very good friend in Auckland, New Zealand helping make the kick aspirational podcast happen <laughs> yes by the way we're, we're testing zencaster right now we're going to post this uh so people can see that uh, not everything we do at the kick aspirational podcast is uh perfectly yeah. scripted well i'm excited that we're doing this because, oh, just sort of say, i'm excited that we're doing this because if we can get this technology harnessed then um that means you could potentially get some more interesting you know people on the podcast in the future it's going to be fun. I'm actually planning on using this tomorrow with another uh, interview. So this is a great start. Mark, thank you so much for making time. What time is it in Auckland right now? Uh, it's only 8.30 p.m., so it's not even late. Okay. It's about 11.30 here. And um, I am. Uh, I've, we had a very, very big festive evening last night that I'm just recovering from now. So um, <laughs> Is that your polite way of saying hangover? <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, overserved, overserved. <laughs> I don't know who was serving me, but uh, they did a great job. No, but uh, thank you again for making time t uh, tonight, and um, always a pleasure. Yeah. I love talking to you, and uh, I love all the help that you give this this project. So thank you very much, Mark. No worries. All right, man. This has been the Kick Aspirational Podcast. Love your feedback. Love your responses. Please, please. Let us know uh, questions you have, uh, concerns you might have, and how we can inspire more people to break through barriers in their own lives.